All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and welcome into episode 79 of Oilers Nation Radio. I'm Tyler Yaremchuk, guest hosting, filling in for Bagged Milk, who uh, is having some construction people rip apart balconies outside of his townhouse or condo or wherever Bagged Milk lives. So he's unable to join us, but Rick is here, Dan is here, and Zach is here as well. Zach, I'll start with you. Uh, We haven't chatted in a while now. How's your quarantine life been going? It's been good, drinking a lot of White Claws, making a lot of soup. Uh, you know, the typical stuff, but uh, no, it's been okay. Uh, as good as it can be, I guess. Obviously, it's hard times for everybody right now, but um, you know, just trying to stay positive and keep our heads down. And obviously, lots of work to be done across the network in terms of content. So make sure you go and read everything that we're writing because we're putting in a lot of effort into it. So. Good stuff. Rick, uh, you're drinking a White Claw, which is exactly what you were doing seven days ago. Has anything changed in your life in seven days? I think I moved down a couple of cushions on the couch, but that's about it. It's been uh, it's been pretty boring. I can't no work to go to, and not a lot to leave the house. It's, uh, Who's typing? Jeez, <laughs> uh, in trouble again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's been kind of boring inside. So you make the best of it and play some video games and drink some white claws and watch some TV and sit back and uh, just wait till it's all over. What's uh, the game of choice right now? Yeah, I'm a sports guy, so it's uh, whatever is the up-to-date hockey and football. Not bad. I've been really into MLB the show. I'm a, Same thing, like when I play video games, it's basically ex- exclusively sports games. So I've been yeah. grinding MLB the show right now. Nobody's can... in on the Animal Crossing? No. 
don't know what that is. I've been hammering the new Call of Duty Warzone yeah. Battle Royale game that got released. If I if I steer, if I steer away from sports, Call of Duty or or Grand Theft GTA, those are the two exceptions yeah. I'll make from my sports rule. Um, Dan, as you uh, take a break from typing, that's or clearly doing something <laughs> that's more important than this podcast. What's the last seven days been like in your life? You know what? It's uh, it's been an interesting time for Dan. Running a lot of live streams for the nation fans. It's uh, it's interesting to watch the team start to realize that this is a fun thing to do and so i i think the oilers are doing one on saturday night now yeah um it's uh it's it's just been interesting to watch it you know i'm getting into twitter fights with old retired uh journalists who are mad at me for creating <laughs> content um it's just been it's been an interesting week uh but yeah I, i'm just i'm glad that you guys are you guys are all healthy and and safe and i hope everybody out there is, is also healthy and safe Yep, same, same, uh, same goes all around. Uh, you're, you're talking about the video game streams and how more teams and the Oilers specifically are starting to realize that uh, that's the thing to do. Chalmers had an interesting idea on our episode of Real Life yesterday, and I guess I'll float it out to you guys to start. If the NHL just decided to do like a a, a league sanctioned thing, you know, I think Sportsnet last year did the whole like uh, airing the NHL 20 or NHL 19 tournament. If every team did like a quick little draft and picked one of the best players in the world and they started like playing the games on TV, would you watch? Would you have any sort of connection to that? Or would you just be like, this is stupid. I'm not watching video games. <laughs> this is stupid. I'm not watching video games. I, Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think I think we have fun doing the simulation, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's like it's not riveting television. It's just yeah. something to come come around, like come together with weather fans and watch something in common it's just like it's like the the viewing parties like TLS like 1260s doing their their Netflix shows and stuff like it's just yeah. it's a thing to it's a thing to do with with people that have like a like-minded shared interest I don't know I just e-sports are just tough for me to get into I don't know I get it like I understand that you know like League of Legends is huge now um, but I, I just, it would be, it would be a hard sell for me to sit down and watch, uh, <laughs> my bros play as the Edmonton Oilers on digital platforms. Zach. See, see I'm all about it. I, I, I'm super into the whole world of esports and stuff like that. Um, it's somebody who kind of grew up playing video games for a living and has been, always been interested in the competitive side. I think it's really interesting to see. Um, how innovative the esports industry has kind of got. Like there was just a big deal signed with uh, Fox or ESPN, I can't remember. And they were having NASCAR drivers play NASCAR and counted it as like a race or something like that, just kind of for shits and giggles. But we're seeing it take place now where, you know, these esports are getting to a a massive, massive level. So I I don't know. I think there might be still a bit of a a gap between hockey fans and and sort of that esports crowd sort of as you guys kind of mentioned and it's an age thing too for sure yeah oh, yeah. yeah i think you i think you just you you broke the age gap right there i have yeah. this argument with i have this argument with with bartenders and, and porters at work all the damn time i'll come in they'll be sitting there they'll have one tv hooked up to some stupid ass video game that i don't know what the hell's going on and i sound like the old man with the hose and get off my lawn i'm like we don't watch that shit here put on some real sports what about you tyler what do you think 
Um, like for me, the two reasons I ever watch a sporting event are one, I have some sort of emotional connection to it, whether it's a team or a player or something or two, and Rick is already doing the hand sign. I want to gamble on it. Um, so if I'm being honest, if they started doing this and I could watch like a 20 minute Oilers versus Coyotes game with two professional gamers and I could bet on that shit, hell yeah. But if I can't bet on it, I probably don't have any interest because I'd have no emotional connection to whether or not the Oilers win or lose. Like that wouldn't matter to me, but I'm so bored right now that I would put money on it. We got to think that the, if the league is involved, that the, the gambling companies will be, will be all over that to, uh, to give themselves some kind of rake. Some were already doing it. I, I want to say it was like Bavada or something they did on their website, like an official Madden stream stream. And they offered <laughs> fucking odds on it. Like you could take, and they put like uh DeAndre Hopkins on the Cardinals and did that and they put a spread on there. They put an over under and you could go bet on it and watch the stream, which I mean, if you get mad at video games when you're playing them and there's nothing on the line, imagine how mad you'd be at like a fucking glitch somewhere that costs you like 50 bucks. I'd be livid. livid. <laughs> That's like I, uh, the stuff with the problem for me with any kind of digital breakdown is it's like, okay, then what are the ratings of each player and what yeah. are the settings in each game? Like it's just you know, like uh, the comments have always been that Yamamoto, um, Yamamoto and Caleb Jones, because they're rookies and they're kids, they get they get nerfed right by EA until mm-hmm. they play a couple of seasons in the league. And so it's tough to it's tough to really handicap that kind of shit unless you know the deep dive of each uh, each part of that. And I can't believe how much time we've just spent thinking about this. And I'm mad at myself for even having thought about it. All right. So uh, let's dig into some real storylines. Before we do that, i uh, got to give a little bit of love to our title sponsor, Sherwood Ford. The Giant will have a new Sherwood Ford Giant question of the week coming up a little bit later on in the pod. But much love to Sherwood Ford, who is doing their best during this trying time. Uh, Dan, Another phone lines are down today. Oh, really? <laughs> But they're but they're accepting email as always, <laughs> and I think if you still have to go to the website, they got a live assistant there to help out. Fantastic! So shout out to Sherwood Ford. Um, we're doing this on FaceTime right now, and I know they weren't using FaceTime, but over the last couple of days, NHL players have been doing little group chats that are available for the public or just the media. I'm not sure which one it is, uh, but they're available for people to watch. Uh, Connor McDavid was on the one today with Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, Bo Horvat. And who is the other one in that one? Jeez. Giordano. Giordano, yeah. Um, and a few interesting things in there. Uh, Connor McDavid kind of went out and said, you know, you can't have the, you can't jump right back into the playoffs. His quote was, fair seasons, a full season, and added, I don't think we can just step into playoffs, game one, Calgary, Edmonton, and run around killing each other. Um, wh- I'll start with you on this one, Dan. What are kind of your thoughts on that quote? And do you agree with McDavid? I, 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 yeah, I mean, I get what he's saying. I understand what he's saying. There's, there's, uh, there's a certain amount of, you know, fear of just going from, from 60 to zero back to 60 in, in a three month span, uh, where these players, these players haven't been able to train so far. They haven't been able to be around each other for, for weeks now. Um, I, I get what he's saying. And I think that, I think that the reality is kind of sinking in as every time somebody hears a player talk or a team talk where the reality is we're not going to be, we're not going to be having the rest of the season. I don't think, I mean, maybe I'm being negative there, but I just, I just think that we're, we're looking at moving into the 2021 season now. 
and uh, it's just, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to swallow. It fucking sucks. But when guy, a guy like Connor McDavid, and we all know how competitive he is, when he's announcing the fact that, you know, they can't just go right into the playoffs and, and pretend like nothing else happened, uh, the reality is there. Zach? Yeah, I'm kind of, um, as tough as it is, I'm kind of on team about, uh, abolish the rest of this season. I mean, I just don't see there being any realistic way that we can have hockey played out, you know, given the way the cases are still developing and still increasing on a daily basis uh, in the entirety of North America. Um, I just don't see how it's realistic to get uh, even the playoffs played at this point. You know, McDavid makes a great point that I hadn't really considered about how difficult it is for these guys um, to go right back into these games immediately. It's going to be hard on the players. It's going to be hard on their bodies. And, you know, if we're talking about playoffs in July or August, you know, that's going to have impacts on on next season uh, that are pretty significant, right? Let alone, we're not even talking about, you know, the NHL draft, free agency, contract period. You know, I think we're at the point where we might just have to cut our losses and, and, and realize that we're not going to have any hockey till next September uh, at the earliest. Well, did he mean that, did he, was he talking about just like killing the season right now? Or was he talking about when it does come back that he's going to want to have a handful of games at the very least to yeah. get going before the playoffs. I think he was saying that to make things fair and to do it the best possible way, you can't just jump right into the playoffs. I don't think this was McDavid at all saying like the season needs to be canceled. I think it was just kind of him being like, we need a training camp. We need some, some tune up games before we get yeah. to that point. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's saying, yeah, I don't think he's outright saying that the season's over, but yeah. So I think it's going to take a while before they go and nix the whole season, especially if they're asking for arena times in August already. Yeah, I think they're definitely yeah. they have it in their minds that they could do that. And 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 between them and the NHLPA, you know, they've already had discussions sitting around the table or at the bar or whatever, obviously six feet away from each other. But they've had these talks where they're like. Uh, what do we do? Like, what do you guys think? What do we think? You know, they have to have had some sort of off the book books discussions on whether or not they're, they're even want to like a full off season or whether, you know, three weeks off season mm-hmm. is enough between the cup and, and whatever. But I think the problem too is this is like, you know, we're starting to look at a shrink timeline for the ability to play playoffs. So even if we go July, August, Bill Daly's come out and said that they don't want, um, whatever happens this season to affect any a full 82 game season next year, right? But let's say even absolute best case scenario, we can get a, a Stanley Cup handed out in July or August. That's going to be such a quick turnaround for the players to get back in for another full 82 game season to the point where the quality of play next year could be affected, right? You know, guys they wouldn't like have these, to go back. They probably wouldn't have to go back till second, third week of September because everyone's going to be relatively be relatively fresh. Yeah, for sure. But in and that's the same to get going too, for like, like the first week of August or October. Guys could still be nicked up. There still could be lingering injury problems from a from a late playoffs that could affect the ability for for certain guys to maybe be able to play a. a full, yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be that's year, definitely right? going to be and that's that can definitely be an issue. But I think this being once and hopefully a lifetime issue that everybody is going to like handshake it and go whatever you know it's going to be shitty for everybody. But if we can get through this. Yeah and start playing mid-October, we're good. Yeah. Um, the, one of the other nuggets of information that came out of that, uh, and sort of on the exact opposite side of what McDavid said, was Mark Giordano, the Flames captain, said that if the NHL can find a way to resume, 
it will be one of the best playoffs ever because injured players will have a chance to heal and others will be able to rest. He said each team will be the best version of themselves. I don't agree with this at all because based on that line of thinking, preseason hockey or the first week of the season should be the best time of the year, right? Like, they're, I, I'm more Team well, McDavid shocker, but... Well, and preseason <laughs> includes training camp and preseason includes gearing up and, and getting together with the guys and, and working yeah. towards getting getting into the full swing of things. A lot of those and, veterans, a lot of those veterans though, they're ready to go. You know, they're not even caring about October hockey. You know, they're waiting. They're kind of just kicking around till, till January when it's time to really get going. I understand like what Gio's saying about the fact that like a guy like Stamkos is going to be back and, and McKinney, those guys yeah. that are banged up, McDavid has, you know, another three months without his knee being taxed for uh, for things to get back. But it's just, I don't know, it, it, it seems like it's a little short-sighted to, like, say, to say that kind of level of, of hockey is going to be available to us. I just, I just don't see it. I, I, you know, you watch the situation down in the U.S. And, you know, for all of our U.S. listeners, I feel really bad because it feels like things are going to get much worse in the U.S. before they get any better. And, and I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. I don't agree with it. I don't see it. I don't see the American teams being able to train anytime soon. Yeah. And so you're, you're looking at, at all those issues leading up to a playoff run. I, I just don't see it. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I tend to agree with that as well. Um, it is looking unlikely that we're going to get an NHL season, but I mean, I'm still giving myself, I'm trying my best to be optimistic here. Um, and I think I'm going to give myself maybe this whole month. I'm going to try to be optimistic, as optimistic as possible for the next month. And if we get to May and it's still looking really bleak, because you never really know how things could change in a 30-day span. Like, time is going so slow right now. So I'm giving myself a <laughs> month of being optimistic, and then I'll kind of reassess how I feel. But I, I, told, I don't blame someone for being a little pessimistic, because it's hard. I laughed. I laughed when you said the rest of this month because I thought you meant March in the last three days. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, April. Three more days. Three days. That's it. This month has lasted like four years. Holy fuck! Today yeah. was day seventeen, I think, since the NHL got canceled. There's sixteen, and I yeah, I was sitting doing my doing the radio show today, and I was like, "Fuck, we've only been through ten shows of no sports. It feels <laughs> like we've been doing this." For a month, and Dustin Nielsen was like, "Well, we might need to go forty or fifty of these still." And it was like, "Fuck me!" Like, just never yeah, ending. It's not, uh, it doesn't look very good right now. Yeah, not great. Um, as we continue on, need to give some love to another fantastic podcast sponsor of ours, Oodle Noodle. Thirteen locations, award thirteen award winning locations in Edmonton, <laughs> and citywide delivery with our other sponsor. At skip the dishes. So how about that? <laughs> you can now combine two sponsors and get Oodle Noodle on Skip the Dishes. You can also go to oodlenoodle.ca. You can also get lots of things on Skip the Dishes. Is Arby's on yet? No. I nope. thought we saw something about delivery. I thought I saw one of you guys tweet it, about that. It did, it did, but it was like in restricted areas only or whatever. So it, it probably isn't even Canada. Not great. Um, okay, let's get to the short for giant question. And then after that, we're kind of opening it up to uh, the listeners. And we got some questions coming into our Twitter inbox. But something I, I, I was, I had the question thrown at me on Twitter earlier this week. Mike Smith and the goaltending for the Edmonton Oilers. If this season is over and we go into the offseason, Mike Smith will be an unrestricted free agent. He'll be 38 years old by the time next season starts. Would you like to see the Oilers bring back Mike Smith, 
Or would you like to see Ken Holland maybe go a different route and get someone a little bit younger? Because the danger with bringing back a 38-year-old goaltender is that eventually Father Time will catch up to him. Eventually, that's going to happen. Is it going to be next year, or do you bet on Mike Smith maybe having one more good year? Rick, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go to you on this one first. Do you want to see Mike Smith back in the orange and blue next season? I would definitely take a look at a couple other options first. I wouldn't go out and say, hey, you're done. But I would say, I'm going to go take a look at our options right now. I'm going to circle back to you you know, in a couple of weeks or something like that. Leave the door open because you kind of know what you're getting there. But in a perfect world, no, you got to go younger. But when you look at the free agents that are out there in the market for the upcoming offseason, the youngest guys are Laurent Brassois at 27, mm-hmm. Louis Domingue at 28. Uh, uh, you got, I don't even know, like I'm looking at like Scott Wedgwood and Michael Hutchinson's at 30. So like when we're talking about signing a free agent, I don't think you're finding a lot of youth goaltenders out there. You're looking in the 30s, the early 30s to late 30s range. Um, guys like uh, guys like Brayton Holtby, Corey Crawford, uh, Jimmy Howard, Robin Lehner's 29-year-old, but he's probably going to get some decent smoke somewhere. Um, he, whatever deal you sign, you got to sign a guy that's valuable, and and that's the that's the big key. So I think personally, I think Mike Smith is probably a serviceable guy to have on your team next year. If he falters, we still have Miko Koskinen, and Miko Koskinen's a pretty damn good goalie. Um, and the nice thing for Tippett again is that he has the faith and the and the belief in a guy in Mike Smith that that he can trust him. Zach, I almost wonder if you have to look at the trade market and kind of evaluate from there. I think Rick, Rick, I think you make a great point in having to like you know maybe circle back on Smith a little later in the off season as to whatever that's going to be. But you know, I look at a team like the New York Rangers. You know, they've got two really young goalies in uh, Alexander Georgiev and Igor Shretskin. Like, I wonder if maybe one of those guys become available on the trade market. You know, they're both 23, 24 years old. Uh, they're both young. They both have some pretty good numbers. The, the cost might be a little bit higher on these guys, but I almost wonder if that's the route you have to look uh, in terms of building for the future. Uh, again, I, I, I do like Koskinen as well. Um, I think he's proved this year that he, he can be a reliable uh, 1B goaltender. Um, but I, I think you need somebody in there who could really challenge uh, Koskinen for, for serious minutes and, and I wonder if one of those two young goalies could be that guy. There there are three goalies on the market who I kind of have an eye on in terms of the free agent market and again it's guys who are in their 30s but are still at the same time younger than Mike Smith. Thomas Grice out in Long Island making $3.3 million on his current deal. He's been a good backup in the league for a handful of years now. I wonder if maybe you could look at that guy and get him for around you know the $3 million mark. You could probably squeeze it in Yaroslav Halak out in Boston and Anton Hudobin in Dallas as well, 34 and 35 years old, respectively. So in that same range, both making under three now. So I can't imagine a scenario where they take more than $3 million to sign. And I know the Oilers cap situation isn't fantastic right now, but the cap situations in Dallas, Boston, and New York aren't great either. Those are teams that might look at cutting back how much their backup goalie makes this year, and those three might squeak loose. To me, those are guys who have been in the NHL. They're established veterans, and you might they might be a bit of an upgrade or a bit more of a safer bet to have a strong season than Mike Smith would. Because, like I said, I'm like, come on, guys, Father Time's undefeated, right? That's kind of the whole. That's the whole thing here with Smith is eventually unless you're Alex Ovechkin. Unless you're Alex Ovechkin, but I mean, 
even Tom Brady at some point is going to fall off, right? Not this year. Let's go Bucks. Yeah, Bucks Nation. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that was your shirt yeah, for oh, yeah. That was your shirt for giant question of the week. Um, Dan, you had uh, you had a couple of interesting questions as well that were floated out on Twitter um, by by the nation. Do you have a few that we should rattle between us? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this week uh, we're you know contrary to as I mentioned before the uh, the old retired writers belief, uh, we are pumping out content here on the daily and one of the things that bag milk has been doing is uh he puts out a little hypothetical every day just to see what uh what people would think of things and so his hypothetical yesterday which i thought was really fun was uh if you could pick only one jersey from franchise history that the oilers would wear for their home games which would it be tyler oh I'll, I'll, yeah sure i'll leave this one off um <laughs> So it, it, I need clarification. Is it just one jersey or one set of jerseys I want them to have full time? I think it's one jersey. So it's just um, whatever jersey you want. Yeah, I'm going with uh, I'm going with the Royal Blues from 2016-2017. Still in the Reebok era, but uh, I, I love the colors on those. Actually, I have one hanging up on the wall right behind me. You can't see it behind the electric orange one, but I have a dry sidle Reebok Royal Blue one. Um, I, I just think those are beautiful. I think those are Oilers colors, the orange and blue. I was never a big, big fan of the copper and blues that they wore during like the 06 years. I like the orange and blue more. And the ones they have right now aren't exactly my favorites either. So if I had to pick one, I'd go with the Royal Blues from 2016-2017. Rick? I don't know. That's always such a tough one. I, uh, I've always been a big fan of, of the white, regardless of, of what it is. Um, I don't know. It's always just stood out to me a little bit nicer. And I'm trying to, I don't know what, there's something about those, those teams from the, the late nineties, the Doug Waits that are, those jerseys mean something. Those were a different time. We were always the underdog and, you know, playing that spoiler role and doing it pretty well. So I'm going to go with the Doug Waite Whites, the Doug Waite era. Zach? I'm going back to my first ever jersey that I ever got, which was a old McFarlane oil drop Tommy Sallow jersey. <laughs> and if there was one jersey that I think the Oilers should bring back full time forever, it's that damn Rocket. jersey. It's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful piece of art. I think those suck. <laughs> so you would want the Oilers when they hypothetically or eventually win a Stanley Cup on home ice at oh, Rogers Place. Cool. You would want them wearing that fucking atrocity. You're goddamn right, Tyler. That's terrible. That is an awful take. Just For the Mike like the, of the world. Hey, that's the jersey they've worn every time I've hoisted the Stanley Cup in my NHL 20 campaign, and I wouldn't see it any different on the real life. <laughs> Have you seen these new ones that are getting uh, shown off? Uh, I, I did. I know you're probably a big fan of them, Rick. Are you talking about the new white ones that might get dropped? Yeah, with the with the orange shoulders. Yeah, I think, those are sweet. I think those are sweet. I they do have a cool. Oh, they have a, a real cool old timer aspect to them. If they drop those, I'm buying one. I have an, I have the one uh, Adidas jersey now. I didn't buy the current third jersey, but I would buy the new white one. I can see that being for like an outdoor game or something like that too, though. Yeah. Well, it's definitely gonna be a third jersey. I mean, or whatever fourth jersey, whatever. <laughs> Seventh. They, yeah, whatever they call it now. I uh, I'm with Tyler though. I I would like to see them go back to the to the 1980s look, and uh, when they hoist the cup the next time, they're wearing the exact same jersey that old Wayner was wearing back in the day. 
Yeah, I agree. Go right back to the to the either the white and the like. You go to the old road jersey that has the uh, the blue or the orange piping and then the blue uh, the blue shoulder yokes, or you uh, and then for the home you go with the blue the blue jersey and orange. Can I say <laughs> this? Uh, it's it's on topic actually, but um, I would like to see where we. I was uh, I'm working on a piece right now for Oilers Nation. I've been working on it for like a week of ways I change the NHL, and I would have them do what the WHL does where. For the first half of the season, the home team wears yeah, dark and the away yeah. team wears white. Then in the second half, flip it. Home team wears That's white, away team wears dark. I want to see more colors come into Rogers' plays. Like always watching the road team in their boring whites and always watching the Oilers in their homes. Like it gets stale. Like let's liven it up a bit. That's a CHL thing for sure. The only yeah. I think the only reason they do that is just for continuity, right? Like, but when did I, they I change it? it? How long ago now? Fifteen years. No, I feel like it was more recent than that. The NHL changing? Yeah. yeah. No, I because I don't remember a point in my life where, like, I don't home, vividly remember going. White. Yeah, I don't. I think that was before 06. Because um, in 06, they were wearing yeah. darks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I don't know how to look that up. I'm not really sure. But <laughs> when, Mar- uh, when, Marchant, when Marchant scores the goal, he's wearing white? Is he? Game, no, no, game no, seven on the road. No, in 1997, they were wearing the dark jerseys on the road. Okay, so sure. somewhere in the middle then. Yeah. So somewhere sometime the between... So wait, where, when Hemsky scored the goal in game six, he was wearing blue? Yep. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So Detroit Not was wearing right. white? Yeah. 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 All right, so, so somewhere was, in there then. So it was, yeah, it's like right around the 2000s. Yeah, somewhere 2000. in there. I'd like to see him just mix it up a little. And I'd also like to see them mix in a few more color-on-color matchups. Like, with today's communication technologies the Toronto Maple Leafs equipment staff or the Oilers equipment staff should be able to reach out to the three teams on their road trip and be like, hey, are you cool if we just bring our blues for this whole trip? They should do that more often. Like, why can't when the Leafs play the Red Wings on a Saturday night, blue versus red, when the Oilers are a bad example of this one. But when someone goes into Nashville, right? Like the San Jose Sharks should be able to wear black while the Preds wear their golds. Oh, no, they, they, I, the Oilers are a perfect example. You have the Oilers in their orange and then the Sharks in their black. Yeah. Tonight kind of game. Like it that's a that's a cool ass looking matchup for sure. The blues and the reds of the Oilers and the Kidan and the Flames. Yeah, that'd be a nice that'd be a nice classic look for right, like, classic the, game. like the eighties the eighties ones just with the better coloring. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um sticking with the hypothetical topics, Tyler, if you don't mind. Yeah, go. You kind of touched on it there a little bit, but another hypothetical that Bag Milk put out was uh if you could make one rule change in the NHL, what would it be? Zach? Oh, man, I'm going to defer for now. I need to hear some other answers. Yeah. I'm going to think about this one a bit. I can go. Um, do you want my one on the ice rule or my one off the ice rule? Because I have a whole bunch. <laughs> He's got a couple of this. I'm sorry. Let's start with the on the ice rule. Um, my on the ice rule, I, I have on. a few like pretty boring ones. Like I wouldn't. I would have puck over the glass just be considered icing now. Like, you just can't change. It's not a penalty. I think giving a penalty for shooting the puck over the glass is unnecessary. I'd get rid of the trapezoid, but my one big one, (laughs) and it's radical, no icing the puck when you're shorthanded. You should actually have to play the game shorthanded and play by the rules. It makes no sense why you get an advantage right after breaking the rules and being punished. It's just weird. It's stupid. Uh, The counter-argument is going to be face-offs, and I think after a while, teams would adjust and adapt. The other counter counter argument is always just, well, that's the way it's always been. But no, that's not a good enough reason. 
I think teams <laughs> should have to play shorthanded. It would create way more scoring, and power plays would be that much more meaningful. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. If I, I'm, I'm much more of a traditionalist, so I don't know if I can. I, I understand everything. I just know. I just I look at it. What, what could happen would be a, a really ugly version of hockey. But how? Every time you go and dump the puck, it's just that. You know how monotonous the whole get it, go to one end, pick it up, skate down to the other end, and do that six times in two minutes, eight times in two minutes. It's not going to be very fun. But it's not. I guess my thing is, my question is for that is like, so what happens if a team ices the puck on a penalty kill? It's icing. There's icing. The faceoff goes back into their end. So you're just going to have you're going to have teams firing it down the ice all the time. Cool. Then they won't be able to change, and after a while, it's going to be a five on four with exhausted penalty killers. I guess. I don't know. I just It would be adapt or die. Either you figure out how to play four on five or you figure out a way to get changes in. Or... No, because then the only thing that's going to happen is you're just going to have people working on their finesse game and they're going to be, the, the draw weight is going to be way more important. And then you're going to have guys that can just sauce it down to the face of God instead of going ice. And what's going to happen with that is either guys will get their draw weight down and that'll be part of the skill of being a penalty killer instead of just having guys who can turn and fire the puck down the ice and block shots. Maybe you have more finesse well, we players on the ice. Yet. We don't have a lot of those on our team. Yeah, but um, and then the other thing, like if a guy has to take that extra half second to try chip it instead of just spinning and taking a slap shot, you'll get more mistakes. You'll get more turnovers up the middle of the ice, guys trying to flick it out, and it'll just lead to more goals. I know I'm in the strong minority here, but that's always been my take, <laughs> okay. man. No, it's good. To, it's good. That's why we have these discussions. It's hard. People can have our uh, have our our takes of good or bad. Trying to reinvent the wheel over there. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Rick. What do you got for a rule change? You know what? I don't like the biggest one to me. Though it has to be some of these reviews. Uh, the offside review has to be. It can't be frame by frame. Uh, you've got to take a look at it. If you can't see it with a naked eye, then it's you can't. If we're not going to just eliminate this whole foot over the over the blue line stuff, it's the challenges take so much away from the game right now that I I know that I know you can see everything because of the uh, the camera views of Sportsnet and ESPN and everybody shows you every little every little thing, so you have to get all the calls right. But I just I hate that that part of it. It just takes so much out of the game now. I think. Fair enough. I mean, it's. Uh, I don't. I don't see that happening anytime soon. But well, I think I they like started. Didn't they, didn't they the start way. to fix the blue, the offside part already? Well, yeah, they're, they're now, now doing the break of the plane for the top down thing. Yeah. Yeah. So do, I mean, uh, if they weren't going to do that, then it, if you can't see it full in in full time, then you can't go and call it offside. It just. It's I don't just know. As silly. a fan of football, I don't see it happening. Like I don't see that fixing it. Uh, I'm not sorry. Not your idea, Rick. But the uh, the breaking the plane thing. Like it's just as much of a problem to try and transparent you know to, to to project that line up in the air when a guy's hand has broken the plane of the uh, of the yeah. ice no that's fair it's a weird it's a weird thing to have to do but I, I feel like we're heading towards more video review before we get less so I don't disagree with you but my rule change Zach if you don't mind me going first go ahead would is the uh, I said it on Twitter already but I think that the trapezoid rule needs to the, the goalie should be allowed to play the puck back there we we need more we need more excitement in this game and there's nothing more exciting than the the you know the, the two line pass from a goalie to its forward kind of play so you encourage that by opening up that trapezoid and instead the goalies are just fair game down there 
It's full contact. Let's go. Fucking hit the goalies if you need to. And, you know, like then you're going to get more toughness in the game. You're going to get more excitement. Fans are going to be watching because there's you're gonna, honestly, you're gonna, everyone's going to need four goalies. I, just, I don't game. see it. Like, like we've had one incident of an emergency goalie in in two years. And then we had yeah, another that's, incident. That's, yeah, but there's now there's no contact on goaltenders. Yeah, once you, still, once you, you green, still get the contact. Once you green light it and everything behind the goal line, yeah, dudes are going to be going. Goalie doesn't want to go out there and get hit. Goalie doesn't have to go out there. See, I'm okay with I'm okay with getting rid of the trapezoids. I think they brought it in because they wanted the defenseman to play the puck so instead of just the goalie moving the puck up to the wingers. The defensemen now have to be a lot more offensive, anyways, just for other because of other parts of the game. So I think we can get rid of that. I don't know what you really do about the whole hitting the goaltender. I still think you got to play it um, kind of the way they do it right now, where you're not supposed to, but if if you guys just run into each other, like that last one in Toronto when dude was getting the five and then they uh, ended up getting pulled out of the box there, that's the way it has to go. Like if, if goalie puts himself in that spot, then there's nothing you can do about it. But I don't think anyone should be going out of their way to try and hit him. I, yeah, would... I think Dan is just selfishly wanting more goalie fights for uh, hockey fights. <laughs> of course I am. I think that's his idea. Absolutely. I'm always going to be a company guy for sure. <laughs> but I just think that I think that when you when you make like when you make one area of the ice lava for one part, like one yeah. person on the ice, it's a weird play, and it's just it's bizarre when like that play. I'm trying I'm trying to think of which game it was with with Smith where he was like pointing at the puck for somebody to go get it because he can't play it. Like, it's just a weird thing where where Smith should be allowed to go out and play the puck if he can. And and maybe maybe it comes off as, you know, Oilers fans finally have a goalie that can play the puck, and so we want to change that rule, and that's fine. But but I just think that I think the goalies are, goalies are big boys too, and they can take a hit, and they can deliver a hit, and how good would it be to see a goalie just absolutely lower the boom on a guy in the corner like it's just we need this in our lives we need more toughness the one thing i would say is that you i would say i i agree get rid of the trapezoid because it is stupid and it it adds an unnecessary (sighs) wrinkle to the game like when you're trying to grow the game to people who have never watched it to have those extra lines on the ice i think it's stupid i would just say that you can't hit goalies when they're behind the goal line if they're going out and stopping a dump in they're kind of vulnerable like up against the boards and all that i think it could lead to too many unnecessary injuries but if a goalie wants to roam north and go above the goal line, that's when you can, hey, he is free game. Kind of like what Rick said in that game against Toronto where Clifford, he had no choice but to run over Morazic. But that's just it. They're not free game right now. So there yeah. is incidental contact or there is a point where the refs, you know, they put him in the box. I think they gave him a five at first. And then they went and reviewed it and pulled him out, right? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the way it went. So they went and they, they rewatched him and, okay, well, shit, there was nothing he can do. This was just... This is going to happen. That's what happens when you wander out there. But if you open, if you green light them, guys are going to go after them, and you're going to you're going to end up playing nine goalies deep in a year sometimes. Well, it's kind of like the old hybrid icing rule that they brought in to kind of help protect defensemen who are going back to get the puck too, right? Like you know, you look what happened to a guy like Curtis Foster, who's you know going to to corral a puck on a, a seamlessly harmless icing and he ends up you know snapping his femur in half and completely changes his life right but on the but on the flip side of that now you've got defensemen that look like they forget how to fucking skate yeah that just drives me bonkers i think it's so crazy that they the skate the skating quicksand yeah all of a sudden it's like holy they forgot and then oh they're gonna 
Like it's just, I don't know. It's, it, we're we're heading into like this weird place, and and, it, and we have been for a while, where players players are embellishing stuff because they have to, and I just don't I don't think it's a good look. It's it's and I don't players know why. Are always, I don't know players why I think are always going to try and find the players are always going to try and find the the loopholes and yeah. and the tricks, and that's just part of it. So I think you have to keep adopting your rules there, and if, as long as you do that, the, it'll keep the players on their toes, and they won't really be able to get to help, get ahead of it. Well, now to tie it all up yeah, in a nice yeah, bow, I'm ready. I finally got them figured out. <laughs> I got two, and they both kind of seem to kind of come in line with some of the things that we've been talking about, about opening up the game, trying to make it a little bit more fun for people uh, who are watching and for the players as well. The first one is going to be to abolish offsides entirely. You know, we're talking about tons of players in the game today, and offsides really kind of seem to slow the game down. It causes a lot more of that slow grinding action that we see a lot of board play going on and stuff like that. Players have to slow themselves down to make sure they're not going offside. So I think we can open up the game a little bit by uh, getting rid of the offsides. And then the second one, uh, which might help too, I'd like to see them crack down a little bit harder on some of the illegal stick work that we see. Uh, we see so many hacks and slashes and jabs. Uh, how many times do we see Connor McDavid getting held up at the blue line or getting interfered with and, and there's no call? Um, you know, these are some incredibly highly skilled players, and I think the league struggles to uh, protect their players to to a, a large extent. And this is something I think the NHL could change to uh, help to protect their players. There you yeah, go. I don't know if you can get rid of. I don't know if you get rid of offsides. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really radical. I'm, I'm also crazy. I mean, would you be okay with doing the whole floating blue line thing, where you got to cross the blue line like normal? And then once you're in the blue line, then tr- transfers back to the the uh, center line to like leave. Well, you you could, but that's just going to slow it down a little bit more, I think. Like, I, yeah, I mean, it's not going to help we... if you're if you're talking about um, just breaking the plane of the blue line. That's not going to help that at all. It yeah, will I... it will open up the offensive zone a bit, though. Yeah, I think just absolutely open it right and let these players fly and, and show off the skill that they have. I mean, how many more points and how many more goals do you think we'd see? Uh, on average in a year if, if there was no offsides and these players were able to kind of uh, have free reign to be able to fly into the offensive zone. I mean, I just think it'd be a ton of fun to see. I think there would be a lot of coaches dying of heart attacks. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, yeah, God. Like the way they just start yelling and, and screaming at their <laughs> Poor Boudreaux wouldn't last very long. He's right in the face just thinking about it. <laughs> um, okay, so we got, a, we got a little bit of time left in today's podcast. Uh, so we got some Twitter questions. Yeah, we had us uh, submitted to us. So there's three that I really want to get to. Um, the first one, and this is interesting. Connor McDavid was asked which teammate he would most like he could he would <laughs> most like to be quarantined with, and he answered Darnell Nurse because he said the two of them were roommates together before they've lived together before, and the teammate he'd least like to be quarantined <laughs> with was Zach Cassian, and he said it's just because Cassian had too much energy. Um, so on Twitter. Brandon at BrandyBear88 asked us, which Oiler would you most likely or would you most like to be quarantined with? We'll start with that before we go. No, no, we'll do it all at once. Which Oiler would you most like to be quarantined with and which Oiler would you most like to not be quarantined with? Dan? Oh, I was really hoping you wouldn't pick me first. Okay, well, um, the one that I would probably most not like to be quarantined with would be Connor. Because I feel like I would just be awkward the whole time and just like, <laughs> like so worried about how I am handling myself. Um, 
he's like the one person that I feel like if I ever meet in person, I'm just going to be like, <laughs> and freeze. So um, he would probably be the one that I'm least likely to want to room with for the quarantine. If I was to pick somebody that I really want to quarantine with, it's probably going to be like, um, ah, that's a great question. And there's just so many options running through my head. I feel like it would be Jesse Pugliarvi because I don't know. The kid just seems like a guy that is just kind of like easygoing and relaxed. If you like the video games, if you like the video, like games. The video games, I do love the video games. So yeah, there's my option right there. Jesse. Zach. Oh man, that's kind of a hard one too. I think I'd probably want to room with uh, with Nuge. I think he'd be a blast. Like he still kind of seems young enough where like he would still probably be a gamer, and you could probably have a lot of fun with him there. Um, so I think that would probably be who I'd most likely want to, and least likely would probably be Chris Russell because he'd probably just put me to work on his farm with his cows. <laughs> and I'll pass on that. Rick. Oh, you know what? After listening to Connor's answer, I think I'm going to pick Connor to hang out with because. Uh, he doesn't want to hang out with anybody with high energy. He just like to sit back and chill and just relax. That's that's what I'm all about, man. I this quarantine here, I haven't really worked up a sweat at all. And then uh, so I'll pick Connor to hang out with. And uh, in terms of somebody who I wouldn't want to, whoever wins the uh, the VO con- the VO test every year, <laughs> whoever's got the biggest set of lungs there, who likes working out and again keeping uh, keeping in shape all the time, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try and avoid you for the quarantine. Um, my answer for most likely, there is a few and you're right, Dan. Like, I mean, we all assume that they are nice guys and all that, and they all seem likable. Um, I think me and dry would get along well because I think we both kind of have like a dry sense of humor. Um, no pun intended there. Uh, but I also, I think Zach's answer about Nugent Hopkins as being like a younger guy who'd be relaxed and wouldn't mind playing video games. Um, me and Yamamoto are pretty close in age. That one might work, but I think my answer would be dry and for least likely, I might go with Chris Russell as well, just because he's a little bit old. He's on the older side, right? And I'd be worried about having to spend that much time with a bed. I'd, I'd be worried that they'd just be fucking sick of me and be like, why do I have to deal with this fucking kid all the time who can barely cook? I can't believe you didn't pick dry toast. Granland? Yeah. Yeah, maybe Granlin. I thought we were just doing like on the active roster. Like, there's a part of me that wouldn't pick Puliu Yarvi because of the language barrier, right? And like I, I'd, for some of the European yeah, I'd guys, I'd want to know. I, I guess, but I'd want to know like how good their English was as well, because it might get frustrating after a while if like the English wasn't at like eighty or ninety percent after a while of having like no one to have like deep conversations with. <laughs> that's, what you're doing, that's what you're doing on the quarantine, looking for people to have deep convos with. Well, I mean, you know what I mean, though, right? Like more than surface <laughs> level conversations. Perfect pick for you, Tyler. Right, we would like, like we would never fucking talk. We'd always be pissed off, and we'd just like drink and watch TV. The only time you guys would come together is to sit on the couch and like watch an agreed upon show previously. Yeah. Or we'd like play crib together and like not talk yeah. except for like yelling, talking out our points as we play. Yeah. yeah. No, I do think uh, I do think Leon would be uh, would be number one for me. Okay, other questions we had on. Um, Tim Keller, one of our uh, German friends, he wants to know, will Gaetan Haas come back next season? I'm a big Haas fan. I don't know if there's room for him right now. I, I think 
If Shehan comes back, it might be hard to bring in Haas and then also upgrade the center position. But I'll be optimistic because, as my girlfriend once said, Gaetan Haas is her boyfriend's boyfriend. I love watching that guy play. So I'll say Haas <laughs> is back. I'll start with Zach. Do you think Gaetan Haas is back next season? I think there has to be some room for him on uh, the roster uh, next season. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you bring him back for a, a one-year deal. And, you know, at worst, he maybe goes down and plays in, in Baco if he has to. But uh, I, I think he's proven up to, to be deserving of a, a one-year deal. I mean, if, if, if Joachim Nygaard can get locked up for a one-year deal where he only played like 32 games earlier in the season and then busted his hand, uh, I think you have to be able to lock up Gaten for a little bit. Rick? Uh, yeah, you know, I again, like Mike Smith here, I wouldn't be signing him uh, right off the hop. If I can get somebody that ends up starting higher up in the lineup and filters him beyond that 14th forward spot, then I'd say uh, see you later. But if uh, I don't see that happening, especially with whatever um, salary cap we're going to have next year, uh, I, yeah, I could see it. It really doesn't hurt you at all. Another one-year deal at whatever, between eight and a million dollars. and see it. You, kinda got, you know what you got in your hands there. He can play fourth line, third line, and if he has to uh, go sit up at the popcorn, he's fine for that too. I don't think it's happening. I'm sorry, Tyler and everybody. I just, uh, I think Ken Holland watching the way Tippett has used his lineup, uh, Tippett still trusts Jujar Kara more than he does Gaetan Haas. I don't necessarily agree with that. But I think that the reality is um, that Tippett needs an upgrade for centers and unfortunately I think uh, Gaetan is on his way out and he's going to have to get on getting to another team his pun his pun potential per 60 is definitely the best on the team (laughs) well yeah I guess like I I would think that Ethan is probably right up there Darnell Nurse And and then the other guy that like I, you know Gene is just begging them to find a player in is um, Cameron Hebig. Oh, yeah. Gino <laughs> would like that one. Yeah. That's that's the dream right there. All right. Coming up on the end of the podcast, the last question from at Spank underscore Yeg. What's everyone's go-to drink right now? Uh, I think I know the answer for two of you, but Zach, I'll start with you anyways. <laughs> White Claws. That's what I've been drinking all the time. So I'll continue to drink. But I've also been crushing a lot of smoothies these days. They're super easy to put together when you're uh, locked down on quarantine. A little healthy start, a little healthy breakfast to start the days. Rick? Rick or Dan? Dead silence. Oh, I, I assumed everybody knew. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sipping on the White Claws, and I got uh, I picked up a, a pack, of nude, uh, pack of nudes there. So just trying to keep the calories low, you know? When you uh, are you going mixer packs of white claws? No, I go black cherry uh, flats of white claws, and then I uh, I'll do mixer packs of the nudes. Okay, Zach, what's your white claw flavor? I might have missed it if you said it. Go go to the lime. It's, it's top of the the white claw white claw power rankings. All right, this is such um, a fucking nightmare. White claws are just disgusting. What? There's nothing they're wrong the with them. They're the worst. So what are you I, drinking? I, I'm just. I'm just not a soda guy, I guess. Dan, Dan I probably know. just there. drinking waters. Uh, well, when it comes to so here's the thing, uh, it's something that you don't you don't know you miss it until it's gone. And if anybody's been to a grocery store recently, milk is like number one gone from every freaking shelf. Oh, so man. I've been crushing the skim milk recently. Um, 
but when it comes to the, <laughs> so that's the healthy that's the healthy drink. Um, but then the uh, for the alcoholic drink, uh, it's uh, it's been I, I went out and got uh, the uh, the mix for Long Island iced teas, and so I've been crushing my Long Islands, and uh, that's uh, that's been my my survival guide so far is milk and Long Island iced teas. <laughs> The, uh, the selection at a few of my local liquor stores is a little bit down, so I've been trying a few new uh, blonde ales and all that, so some local beers. Troubled Monk in Red Deer. I'll give some love to them. Um, that's been a really, really good blonde ale that I've been crushing as of late. And my White Claw flavor power rankings are, so you guys can see my hand on the FaceTime, yeah. number yeah. one, <laughs> Mango. And then there's okay. a slight drop-off. Tier two is Black Cherry and Lime. And then another drop-off <laughs> and grapefruit down at the bottom. And it works perfect because me and my girlfriend get the mixer packs. And her power ranking is number one, grapefruit. grapefruit. Number two, she's the reverse of me. So it works oh, out well. Um, while we're on the topic of beer, Nation Beer is about to drop. If yeah. you haven't seen the photos cool. online. And I believe it's going to be available for delivery as well. I think they said they might drive some out to St. Albert for me. Yeah, they're uh, they're working on that right now. It's a, I think it's up to AGLC whether uh, stuff like that is deliverable. But uh-huh. uh, but yeah, I think uh, think that that is the plan. So stay tuned if you're in the Alberta area. Unfortunately, yep. I know we've gotten some asks from people in Ontario, <laughs> and such, and that's against the law. Unfortunately, sorry, Can't German just throw it in an envelope? Can't throw it in an envelope yet. Mail, just mail pour it, it in. <laughs> yeah, pour it into <laughs> a plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> God. Throw a six pack into a shoebox. They're never gonna know. Nation um, But maybe by the time we record next Friday, we'll uh, we'll have some nation beers to sip on. I think that would be fantastic. I'm done. If you're listening, Jay. Please. Yes, please. Make Jay. that happen. Um, quickly before we go, I'll go around the table once it's quarantine season. <laughs> but do you? Uh, the is there anything exciting coming up on your weekend? Do you have a meal. You're cooking something. You're watching that you're super into. Um, I'll start with you, Rick. Anything exciting, like remotely so. exciting? Uh, Holy shit! I've I've dipped back into Game of Thrones, so okay. uh, that's been kind of good so far. I should eat up some time. And uh, other than that, I'm not even sure I'm gonna be stepping foot outside very much. Zach, I'm banking on you to give me like a good vegan soup recipe. You're gonna dive into. Yeah, actually, I am. Uh, I actually am thinking about crushing some soup this weekend. So. Uh, thinking of kind of doing like a, 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 a faux chicken noodle uh, tofu uh, soup. So that's going to be on the menu for the weekend. And uh, I've actually started watching Hell's Kitchen from season one, episode <laughs> one. So yeah, like a little throwback. Found her on Amazon Prime and uh, hammered about eight episodes with the girlfriend last night. So that was pretty solid. Good way to kill uh, kill a couple hours. We'll probably pause some more of those off. And it, actually, Rick, I was thinking about getting back into Game of Thrones too now that you mentioned it. It's not, not bad. It's not bad. It's every, not bad, right? Every time I watch, I learn. I see stuff I missed before, so yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to the eighth season, but it's a well. It's ways down the road. Yeah, what can you do, Dano? It'll be at least next Wednesday, like this at this rate. No spoiler alerts if you guys have seen it already. But tonight at like 9:30 p.m., I'm starting Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness, and I've been waiting to watch this for a while. So don't. Uh, I watch the queue. I watched three episodes last night, and I don't want to ruin anything for you, Dan, but I it didn't quite live up to the hype I was given on the other podcast on Real Life. Son of a beasting. 
I don't know. It's I, good. I, um, it's good. You'll enjoy it. Like I, I, I'm excited to watch the final four episodes, but I kind of left it being like, huh, I thought this would be a little bit more intense than that off the bat. But anyways. You know what show I really want to get back into, though, and i got to find the episodes for it, is, uh, oh, I lost it. Kenny fucking Powers. Uh, oh, uh, Eastbound oh, yeah. and Down. Yeah, Eastbound What's it on? What's it on? Gotta, no, i got to find it. I don't oh. know where it is right now. i gotta, I got to see if I can find that, but that's uh, it was something H- I want to get back into. It was on HBO. It, was HBO. it might be on Crave, then. I think it's on Crave. Okay. There you go. Eastbound and Down for this guy this weekend. Hey, you're, you're hoping for anyways. I'm hoping. I'm praying. All right, guys. Well, in, uh, enjoy your weekends. And uh, thanks to you guys. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks to our sponsors. Skip the dishes. If you're hungry this weekend and you don't want to cook vegan soups like Zach, maybe you can find a delicious soup on Skip the Dishes and have it brought right to your door. A shout out to Oodle Noodle. You can find them on Skip the Dishes. Or if you do takeout, if you go pick up your order and order from their website, oodlenoodle.ca, they give you 15% off. And as always, much love to our title sponsor, Sherwood Ford. The giant. A big, a big on shout out, by the way. There we go. A big shout out to the boys for coming in here uh, and Tyler for putting this all together every week for us. We really appreciate it, buddy. Hell yeah, guys. Thanks for joining me. It was fun, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday. Shout out, Damien. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.